0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills in now Detroit, Michigan. And you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio.
0: And they're off on Retired
1: Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse.
2: And you're moving up in the world, all the way from Kalamazoo to Detroit. What happened? I mean, Ugh. lucky you. That is a beautiful, very horsey location that you've decided to live in, friend.
1: Yeah, so I'm not quite in Detroit, but it's the easiest one. I'm slightly above it, but yes, I'm in a very horsey area now. The tax store is literally a four minute walk from my house, which is (gasps) problematic for my wallet. (laughs) I know it's insane. Right by a coffee shop and a donut shop. I'm like, what, where am I? Oh my gosh. What town is this called? So I'm in Rochester, technically. Yeah, and I'd uh, say, say Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Detroit's Chester. a lot easier. Just to put it on the map for you guys, and just a quick shot up north from there. But in Rochester, it's all horsey people. There's actually like a riding trail down the street from my house as well, which oh. is nuts. It like leads to a like hundred-mile trail through Kensington Park. It's crazy. I'm like, that's intense. My horse and I don't have that kind of energy, but I appreciate you for being there.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So I did the move this last weekend and got my house pet settled. My dog's loving it. And our neighbors seem really nice, which is cool. And I found out that my – I don't even have a downstairs neighbor, Jamie. It turned out so perfect So I have a duplex, and I'm on the upstairs floor. And they're turning the bottom into an Airbnb. So most of the year I won't actually have anybody under me. It's it couldn't have been very more perfect.
2: Sought after Airbnb, rugby, <laughs> tin
1: Philston.
2: What else? What
1: was it? <laughs> Detroit. In Rochester. And if you are there, I'm out riding. Don't knock up my door.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Well, yeah, and finally the weather's gotten a little bit better this week from our Arctic blast. And now. Um, yes. I finally got to get on a horse yesterday and followed Ooh, it up with a it's been with a, a minute
1: for you. How was it?
2: Oh my gosh. So for those who don't know I had surgery on my shoulder and I have not been cleared to ride but you know Whatever, so I was great, and I got on this horse and I was riding him around, and it was you know he's like a push ride, one of the adoptable horses. Oh my god, I'm so sore today. It's been like six weeks since I've been able to uh. sit on a horse. Oh, my thighs are on fire, I mean, for real. So it, it's amazing how fast those muscles mm-hmm.
1: go away, and how how much how much harder they are to kind of get back up. But I bet you were smiling the whole time, and I have to ask who did you get on? Who was the first pick today?
2: Well, yesterday I had a, an in-training horse that was here for the last day and my assistant's been riding him and I needed mm-hmm. to get on him and, and do him. So his name is Shura Oki. And today I chose none other than Peter Parker, the great, my, my
1: beautiful new adoptee. I'm so excited to get to play with him. You know, I he was me- wondering because you had him just kind of be a horse for a while. And I was wondering when you were going to bring him back in.
2: Oh my gosh, yesterday and today, both, we started teaching him to come to the mounting block because he didn't like to stand still at the mounting block. So why not just teach him to walk over to it and park himself there and moving off the leg today in the round pit, just some easy stuff that I don't have to really, you know, use my arms and shoulders for, but oh my gosh, I just love playing with him Mm -hmm. when I did adopt him. He, he had just come off the track like three days before and I gave him a couple of weeks, but I, once I was going to have the surgery, I thought hey, this guy needs, he needed some more time anyway. So it just worked out perfect.
1: Perfect. Well, that's so exciting. I and love I'm happy him so you.
2: much. It's so fun to have a horse that you just want to squish.
1: Oh, they're so snuggly and cute. <laughs> oh. I'm excited to see your progress with them. I know that's going to be exciting. I'm excited to bring my horses here on yeah, Monday. So Monday. that'll be great. And get them restarted after like a winter off. So
2: for those who don't know, can I say that Joy unloaded a very unfulfilling roommate?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's
2: gone the other way and she's moving on and up in the world. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm I can't wait to Aww. hear about you getting your horses in.
1: Thank you. Thank you. But we have a lot of great stuff coming on today. We have some really fun guests. I'm I i can not even talk about how much fun they were oh my to gosh. interview. So I think you'll really enjoy it. We're speaking of moving horses. We're going to have Leandra on to talk about trailer loading and anxiety, which maybe I need more of that training on the anxiety side for me, but helpful tips nonetheless. And we're having, we're,
2: we're talking to somebody in the, from the future. Cause we're going to go all the way to Australia where it's like the next day there. So if you love the Australian accent, you'll mm. love hearing from Amy, but before we do all that, let's get to our title sponsor and dear friends
3: over at Kentucky Performance Products. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate, research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today.
1: Well, I'm super excited to bring on our next guest. We have Terry Mallory, who's the owner and trainer of Mallory Stables, and she competes her horses in Western disciplines such as reining, barrel racing, drill team, you name them all. She's been doing it. And we're excited to have her on because she's going to talk about her OTTBs and reining. Welcome to the show, Terry.
4: Hi, it's good to be on here. I appreciate uh- it.
1: We're happy to have you. I've been longing to get another Western person on here. not It's been a long <laughs> while since I personally have been in Western, but I grew up with it. And so I love seeing thoroughbreds in the Western industry. And you've been doing that. And so we're great to, grateful to have you. But before we jump into about your horses, tell us a little bit about where you are and how you got involved in riding and Western riding.
4: So I live in Washington and I'm located in a little town called Enumclaw. And I've lived here my whole life. (laughs) So, and the first thing that I did with my horses was I went to my grandpa's house when I was a kid. And he bought me my first horse at the auction, you know, and I did nothing about horses. We were just kind of country riding in the pasture. And my friend got me into 4-H and that's where it all started. I used to do barrels and gaming in 4-H and that's kind of Mm -hmm. how I got into it, riding western.
1: Love, it. I think that's a lot of our yeah. stories. Like 4 H, it's such a great <laughs> program, it gets so many young yeah. horse girls and boys involved in it, and so it's it's nice to hear another 4 her on as well. You know, well. what's really not fair
2: is that I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, like inside the perimeter of Atlanta, and we did not have 4 H, and I always hear everybody talking about 4 H and horses, and I feel gypped. Darn, you <laughs> making me <fall laughs> in the confirm, hood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: that's funny. <laughs> I funny. really such was like a, in love with 4-H but I did have um a couple things where I was not happy you know I I didn't have like the most expensive horse like I said I had the auction pony and you know I really didn't have a trainer I kind of did it all on my own and so I was looking for something better and I, I had a friend introduce me to drill and the drill was kind of where I fell in love with Western riding more and it was more fun and the trainer was our coach. And she helped us a lot inside and outside the arena. And it was just where I really, truly fell in love with Western riding. That's where I went after that.
1: Drill team. I did it briefly myself. It it is hard to coordinate that. Um, And you (laughs) actually coach in drill as well now. And that's impressive to put all the choreography together and plan the timing and the music and then you have to make sure the horses know what's going on. Um, so <laughs> applause to you because that is some hard work. Thank but you. But Let's let's jump into you do some reining as well um, and yeah. reining such a cool sport. It's kind of like for those who don't know and maybe I should have you describe it because I'm sure you'll do it better than me but I've always said it was like dressage but western kind of meets you know, cowboy flair, how and would you faster. best describe raining and faster? Yes.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you really did a good job describing it. I really say, you know, it's like dressage mixed with a little more speed, you know, a little more flair.
1: So I love that. I love watching the freestyles. It's like one of my favorite things to go <laughs> see is freestyle raining. Oh, it's so cool. But you compete your thoroughbreds in it and we don't see a lot of thoroughbreds in raining. I.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. What? What? When Joy talked about you coming on, I was like, "There are thoroughbreds that do raining."
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding, Jamie. My dad actually challenged me when we started the show two years ago to find a raining thoroughbred. He said I couldn't oh, do it, wow. and dang
2: it, I've done it. Booyah, Dad. Mm-hmm. All right, tell us all about it.
4: So, well, I just—I mean, kind of where I started was not a plan you know we really didn't plan like I want to learn about raining and I just learned it I kind of fell into it I bought this horse and I was in labor with my son at the hospital and I had her delivered while I was in the hospital in labor
1: you bought a horse (laughs) while you were giving birth to a baby god yes
4: you're such a
1: badass
4: I I was crazy obviously at the time I was thinking oh this will be great it'll you know get me into riding I you know. get a
2: horse and get a puppy and have a baby. I mean, why not?
4: I did. I really, truly did. I actually got a puppy and <sighs> then I found the horse like the day before I went in labor. And then I had her delivered the day I was in labor. So oh my god, I did god, all, all You're that. my hero.
2: You're my soul sister because I got a horse while I was pregnant and I got a puppy right after I had the kid. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know what goes on, but you feel very motherly. And you just have to do it. I don't know. Yes. And you're a little <laughs> bit out of your mind and you're tired and you haven't slept in forever. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes.
4: Sorry. <laughs> and it wasn't the greatest choice probably, but in the end it did work out because the horse that I bought was the horse I ride now. And she was very, very untrained, like barely halter mm. rope. broke. And she was a great deal at $400. is what I was thinking. Great deal. And I was like, this should be great. It'll give me something to do after I have my baby, you know, to get back into riding more. And I totally was stuck because I just had a baby and she needed way more attention than I could give her. So I found a trainer that was at a barn that we were really close with. And I was like talking to him one day because I saw him training and he was telling me about reining and that was his foundation and how reining is the foundation of every style. And I was confused by that, but later on I found that that is so true, that reining horses, if you start a reining horse, you can do anything after that because the training is so specialized and technical that the horse can do anything after that. So that was really impressive to me to hear that and just, I was like, let's do it. So let's put her in training, Let's see what you got, and that's kind of how I learned about raining. I had no clue that I was going to do this. I never knew that I was going to, you know, love it so much or even compete in it. So that's just how
1: that fell in
2: place. Now, aren't aren't some of the cues in raining kind of opposite from other riding? Because they I've are. heard of like things called spur stops where you put your spurs mm-hmm. in them and they stop. I'm like, who taught them that? <laughs> that's a terrible idea.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, I know, I know what you're saying, but it's actually, it's all based off of the release of pressure and having little resistance. So Mm -hmm. you don't want a horse that has a lot of resistance you want, and most horses, everybody wants the release of pressure, you know, to train them that way. So when you spur into the stop, when you open your legs, they stop. So you're putting the pressure on and then you open your legs and that's when they stop. You're releasing releasing that pressure and then they stop. So oh, it hurt my brain. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different, <laughs> but I do like the theory, the basic reining training, and that's kind of how I fell in love with it. But I, I also, my horse that I started with the reining can do, we've done ranch riding, we've done drill, we've done a rodeo, we've done a few things. And we've done also schooling shows with Western Pleasure and Exploitation, as well as trail obstacle. So all that training has done me well in <laughs> the other stuff so
2: yeah
1: I mean, and then you're, the trainer didn't think you were crazy for bringing a thoroughbred to a raining barn. he definitely did he did <laughs> <laughs> he, he did
4: he did I was like okay here's the horse I got and he's like well we'll see what we can do because <laughs> mm-hmm. also at the time she's seven years old so she was also mm-hmm. not young <laughs> she was a little older than he normally gets them for training, so he was kind of like, "Okay, you're crazy," but you know, you're he thought I would basically just basically
2: what you were doing on. was just trying to see how talented of a trainer he was. Like, I mean, right? huh.
4: <laughs>
0: what yeah, you got? Exactly.
2: Yes. And he did good. His name is Tim Kunkka
4: and he has helped me along through the way. We still haul over there and ride, and he'll help me out. We haul actually two or three days a week. We ride right over there, and he just gives me pointers and you know, me out and
2: my technique.
1: Interesting. So, do you think maybe it's because of the age? Because raining horses get started so young, you're looking at, you know, two, three years old, and these thoroughbreds are maybe coming off the track at that time or a little older. Do you think that's maybe part of the reason you don't see a lot of them coming into the raining circuit? Yes,
4: I think that that could be part of it. But I have a couple other ideas, you know, what could be the reasons why they're not doing raining. And one of them is that. They're really not built for it. You know, they're usually Mm -hmm. tall and leggy and they, and with racing, there is a lot of resistance. You know, they hold Mm -hmm. onto their face, lots of contact, you know, it's complete opposite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You want something that has a soft face and no pulling, no, you know, you want them to give when you pull. So Mm
3: -hmm.
1: it's definitely different. Retraining is a lot harder for sure. Gotcha. So you're almost looking for the shorter thoroughbreds who are a little bit stockier, probably, who also mm. probably didn't race very much because they were slow as molasses and were not into it. Like they were like, I'm not racing. I want to be chill. I want to be in my barn. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yes. The reigning horses are push style horses. And that's kind of been where I've had a little bit of trouble because my horse Alice, she's not really a push style horse, okay. <laughs> but we've kind of just spent a lot of, a lot of time on training and just getting her, to slow down a little bit and relax. And that's really like kind of like dressage where they want them relaxed and, you know, giving and happy right there in that spot. But she is not stocky and I would, I mean, I would really rather have her be stocky. (laughs) She's actually long legged and her legs kind of get her tangled up when we're doing things like her spinning.
3: Like and raining,
4: like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, it. people look at me funny when I come in with my thoroughbred. They're like, "Oh, what's she doing here?" You know. Oh. And I think that's another thing. People are like, "Oh, thoroughbreds can't do this," but I just do it. You know, who cares? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I you're who having you fun? fun. Yeah. For sure.
1: Awesome. And you said she does quite a few other things as well. So how is she liking drill and competitive trail and how she adapted to those?
4: She's naturally a really spooky horse. So all of these things have made her better. Um, Doing as many things as I can do with her has just made her way, way, way better. Less spooky, more desensitized to the environment. Things like banners, people, noises, just everything. Horses acting up at horse shows. She's bathed her eyes like, oh, it's no big deal. But she used to be very reactive. And just doing more of those things, the drill, mm-hmm. I think, has really helped her because that's about the scariest thing the horse can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Is the drill team or rodeos? It's very loud, mm-hmm. very you know, loud music of sounds and banners and glitzy and mm-hmm. everything. Horses running all over. So that has definitely made her better. I always tell people if you go to the horse show. Do as many classes as you can. If you don't think you're going to be good at something, just do it anyway. You know, just try it because it's going to better your horse.
1: I love that
2: advice. That's what I love too is like you've taken a thoroughbred and you're like, let's just treat it like a horse, (laughs) you know, and let's do all the things. Mm -hmm. And you know what? there's going to be rail birds. And you, if you had the fanciest horse, people would find a way to be snotty. Yes. <laughs> horse shows sometimes, you know, you just got to like go with yeah. what you have and good for you. That is, I mean, <laughs> you're like kind of a bit of a, pioneer here taking a thoroughbred into the world of raining and I, I wish you the best of luck with it because I think showing any success can just let everybody know hey these these horses I mean we've said it on this show a million times joy haven't we these horses do everything they can mm, do they everything do. it's amazing
4: I want to be able to do anything on one horse you know I don't really want to be restricted yeah. just because of the breed of I think that's not fair <laughs> So do do?
1: that's
3: awesome. Everything.
1: That's good. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Well, if people want to learn more about what you're doing with your horse or Mallory Stables. Where can they find you?
4: So we have a Facebook account that we've had for a couple years. We've owned our facility for five years now, and we just keep building up. And we have new updates all the time of the things that we're fixing or making better here, and about our training and our shows. Um, so Facebook is Mallory Stables and Inumqua. And we just started our Instagram page. So you can check us out on there.
1: How you find us? Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Terry, for coming on. We're looking forward to following you and all the fun things we're doing with your horse. And thanks again for your time.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. And you guys can check me out on Instagram as well, Terry Mallory. And that would be um, wonderful if you guys are interested in any of the stuff that Alice does. I'm on there
2: with her all the time. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Thank you so much. I'm so I'm so interested. I must see this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Cashel Company helps you enjoy the ride with their full line of trail bags and tush cushions. From cantle bags to horn bags and everything in between, comfort and convenience on the trail is what Cashel does best. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Cashel Company on Facebook and Instagram. And to find their products, visit an authorized dealer or visit CashelCompany.com. I am so excited. This is a this is not just a national show. It's an international show. And today we're going to reach across the globe. To, we're actually talking to somebody, Joy, from the future. This is Amy. Amy Kubit, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. What's tomorrow I like? I to my husband this morning, I was, like, I
5: was like, I'm going to be calling them from the future ball. This is amazing. <laughs> the future, pretty... The future's pretty good. It's pretty sweet. All right, the cool. The sun's actually shining. It's, it's, war- it's not too warm here today because we're in summer over here. So we've been melting. You guys have been freezing and we've been absolutely melting. So <laughs> oh sorry gosh. about
2: it. <laughs> yeah, well, yours is coming, so it's fine. Where in Australia yeah, no. <laughs> are, are you?
5: So I'm based in the Hunter Valley region, which is about oh, two hours north of Sydney. Uh, it's wine region,
2: wine country. So it's Aww. pretty great. <laughs> you're living well then. <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I really am. So you uh, you you deal a lot with standardbreds. How how did you get involved with standardbred racehorses? So I've actually I actually worked the last
5: 7 odd years in emergency services. I've always been involved with horses. I started riding, you know, same story as a lot of people when I was a kid and what sort of got standard breads on my radar is a couple of years ago I was working part-time at a writing school and they actually had a few standard breads in the writing school and obviously I knew about standard breads but I grew up as a showing writer and then I was a wannabe eventer so thoroughbreds and warmbloods and Arabs and that sort of thing was sort of more on my radar but I started working at this riding school and they had quite a few off the track standard and I was like oh my gosh these these horses are actually they're so versatile they're such amicable easy horses to deal with just on like a day-to-day basis and seeing those horses in that program really kind of opened my eyes to what they could do, like some of these horses, like they could really jump. They were great with the kids, you know, they, they were taken to interschool competitions one weekend and then the next weekend they're swimming in the dam. And I'm like, these guys have value. You mm. know, they're not, they're not just, they're not just cart horses. These
0: guys are cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is amazing to me, um, and we'll, we'll get into the individual horses that you guys have is just how, I don't know. They're just so tough. They have such longevity in their careers. Oh. They race until they're so yeah. much older than thoroughbreds do. It's really impressive. Yeah, it is. It's 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 incredible. They've just they they like you said. They're
5: tough. They are tough, and they've just got such good, sensible natures, and they've got such fantastic work ethics, both, you know, when they're on the track and afterwards, like when they come to us, they just, they want to work, they want to please you and they'll just give anything a go. They might not be great at it, but they'll give it a go.
2: (laughs) So tell us what you do then. (laughs) It's the NSW Standard Bread Rehoming Company. Tell us about that.
5: Yeah. So we're a newly established company. Um, We were established by a couple of people from different harness racing committees and organisations got together and they sort of thought, you know, let, let's put something into practice where we take care of these horses once they've finished racing. So last year, it was 12 months of really, really hard work getting company established and up and running. We've got a board of directors, like I said, from those various committees involved with harness racing. And then at the end of last year, they sort of brought me on board to get it off the ground so they did all the legal stuff. They got it running. They secured funding. We're not part of the New South Wales harness racing industry, but we are supported by them. We get a lot mm-hmm. of our funding from them, but we are our own company. But I was brought on board at the end of last year. So we've really only been in operation for sort of three months or 12 weeks or something like that. And it's the response has just been so positive and so huge.
2: Oh, yeah, like, like, like how how? are people wrapping themselves around this? Well, everyone's really
5: supportive of it from within the racing community. Like so many people come up to me, you guys, so great what you guys are doing. And when we sort of announced that, you know, we're officially open for business, we were absolutely overwhelmed by the amount of people contacting us and saying, can I get a standard bread from you guys? You know, wow. you... I think standard bread's kind of, they've got a bit of a reputation as just, you know, being, you know, plod along trail horses and nothing else. But so many people like there's value in that. Absolutely. But so many people have just been approaching us and saying, Oh, you know, I do a venting with my standard bread or, you know, I do dressage. You know, we've got a, local rider actually that competes her standard bread up to elementary level in dressage and I was chatting to a girl yesterday who's looking for a standard bread to do medieval sporting wow it's really I know it's so cool cool because I've been wanting to do that with my mare so yeah it's really really exciting just to hear how many people are opening their their minds and their hearts to these horses because they've got so much to give they really do (laughs)
2: So how does it work to the trainers? So I work with a rescue here in Oklahoma and I train horses for them. And mm. so what happens here is the trainer says, okay, he's done. I think this guy should go rehome and f- have a new career. And so they are the ones who kind of the owners and trainers make the decision to drop off the horse. How do the horses get to you mm. guys? So it's, it's similar um basically the yeah the
5: owners or the trainers will contact us and say hey this guy's kind of you know he's had enough of racing or you know this one will never make it <laughs> you know yeah. too slow or or what have you or they will approach us and say you yeah, know this one won't stop cantering obviously for trot races they they can't canter but we love it when they canter um so they'll approach us and I'll say hey can you do something with this guy we assess the horse we make sure it's sound and healthy then we arrange transport for that horse to one of our registered retrainers. So part of my job is to accredit people to take on this retraining. We've got a fantastic retrainer in the Sydney metro region that covers all the the tracks and the trainers down there. Her name's Sarah. She's absolutely brilliant. And we've recently got on board a retrainer in the Hunter. So eventually we'll expand and and we want to go statewide, but we've got this set up in those two regions at the moment, and then I'll gradually spiral out and cover the rest of the state. And it'd be great to have one or two retrainers in each region of
2: the state. Absolutely.
5: It's it's a slow process, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. starting to make your way out into the world. Yeah. So is there a... a one specific facility they all go to or with these trainers or you're like connecting the dots basically for people like, Hey, there's a trainer over there that wants to retire one. You take that one or do they come to you yeah. and, and you assess them there?
5: No. So generally I,
2: I mean, I do a lot of traveling and my job for
5: this reason, for this reason, eventually I would love to have like a, a home base or a facility where they can come and they can let down and and just sort of chill out until we've got slots for them with the retrainers. But we've got a few spelling paddocks located around in each of the region where they can chill out if they need to. Uh, but generally they'll, you know, if a horse say comes off one of our major training facilities, say down at Menangle, we'll then liaise with the Sydney trainer and and kind of hook them up just so we're not traveling horses too far and and stressing them unnecessarily so we do try and keep it localized as much as possible but it's all under the one rehoming banner
2: is harness racing really really popular in Australia it's not as popular as say as as the
5: gallopers thoroughbred racing is more popular but there's there's a lot of work going into harness racing at the moment sorry I just dropped my phone um there's a lot of work going into harness racing and, and promoting it as sort of a real family friendly outing for for an evening and it, it's it's growing. It's definitely growing. We've got some pretty amazing facilities and and it's just a really good positive sportive community. Like people no, just really embraced me sort of just coming along to tracks and introducing myself and everyone's just so friendly.
2: I'm sure they're really happy to have somebody, you know, to to take them onto the next career. And uh, I was I was wondering if, when I asked you if it was popular, because there's a lot of stuff in Australia that not a lot of uh, us Americans know a whole lot about. Like, your most <laughs> popular sport is called cricket, and I would know a thing about cricket or rugby. <laughs> I love like, cricket. <laughs> see, who's your favorite We've got cricket, a cricket team? Cricket field. Oh God,
5: I don't want to get—I don't want to get controversial, but I love <laughs> the Big Bash Twenty Twenty League, and so I'm—I'm um, a Thunder girl, you know. I support Thunder, so i have oh, actually actually—we've got a cricket field across the road, and honestly, sometimes on a Sunday afternoon, my husband and I will sit out on the balcony and have a beer and watch the
2: cricket. <laughs> <laughs> See again, <laughs> Joy, Have you ever played cricket? I know the answer I to I haven't. That. It's no. But I, I want to watch <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, I just want to hang out and have it's, a beer with you and watch Horses and Cricket, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Love it. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Cool. Where can people go and, like, try to learn a little bit more about what you're doing or help you or get involved? Yep. So we are on Facebook,
5: Instagram, and Twitter um, at New South Wales Harness Rehoming. We've also got a website um www.harnessrehomingnewsouthwales and all our email and everything, all our contact details are all on there. So, yeah, but by all means, get in touch with us. Even if it's just, even if it's just like having a chat about standard breads I'll chat about standard breads all day. Like, <laughs> if you, you know, people that have like success stories or anything like that, we love hearing that stuff. We love putting that stuff on our Facebook. So, get in touch.
2: Well, I love the website too. It's Harness Rehoming NSW. And I love that you guys even have baby pictures of the horses that are up for adoption. Yeah. So that's so I cute. love babies. I know. I love like babies. Everybody does. <laughs> Amy, it's been so an well. absolute pleasure. I'm glad the future is treating you kind. Yeah. It's all good. All good. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank, thank you, you for so coming much, on Beth. and good luck. Thank you so much for
1: having me. Thank you. And now is the time that we have one of our favorite guests who's practically a co-host by now. We have Leandra Cooper coming on from New Vocations to give us a quick training tip as well as our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Uh, Leandra, I'm so glad you're able to join us again because I've just... Been loving all of the updates from new vocations. I feel like you're adopting horses out left and right, and you have all kinds of exciting things coming up. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to ask you about our training tip question, which is, how do you help a horse deal with trailer loading?
0: That is a great one, and that's definitely one that a lot of people have questions about. And as with most issues that come up, every horse is going to be a little bit different but, but generally, what we're talking about when talking about trailering anxiety, because um, there's kind of I guess at least two parts. one being horses who get nervous once they're in the trailer, and then there are horses who are reluctant to even get on. Fortunately, a lot of the horses who are coming to us because they have had experience on the track have trailered quite a bit, but sometimes there can be bad experiences or just for whatever reason, they're still reluctant. So Mm -hmm. when those situations come up, the way that we try to help them when approaching getting on a trailer again, if they're nervous about it is basically setting up a scenario so that the forward movement towards the trailer is the happy, calm sort of juxtaposing contrast to the outside of the trailer. So being outside of the trailer, you want that to be sort of the, the stressor place and then relieving that stress is getting on the trailer. So kind of the opposite of how they're already thinking about it in their mind where they say, well, I'm really comfortable outside of this trailer. I don't think I need to get on here. That seems harder for me. And so mm-hmm. you're trying to swap that. And one of the ways, and I think that a lot of people can kind of get it backwards because they're they're trying to, so hard to sort of get them, to that position that they create stress in the wrong sort of way. So what this looks like is if you have the horse outside of the trailer and you know, they'll take a step forward and they'll, they have sort of a forward movement and a responsiveness and they're a willingness that you are lots of praise, lots of sort of quiet, gentle encouragement and patting and doting on like showering and praise. If they mm-hmm. need time, give them time. A lot of people try to rush it and that will create stress where you could otherwise have a relaxed feeling to everything just by going slower. Mm-hmm. And so let them sniff the trailer, let them explore it. And a lot of times it just takes a little bit more time and they, they'll start sort of exploring the space and maybe be uneasy about it, but they're, they're trusting you and they're taking a step forward. When you have the ones who then sort of have a reaction, they'd like shimmy off the trailer then we'll oftentimes use voice or like clapping so the sound or like with the really tough ones you can kind of use a long lead line which is always great to have when you're trying to load them in the trailer in case you have them almost all the way up and then they sort of shimmy back then you have a lot of lead rope to deal with Mm -hmm. to have that that space so that you still have control even if they're trying to to be in a different direction than you are you can sort of lightly lunge them and you're, so you're creating a, a gentle stressor, but still you have these situations with the verbal and the physical where it's more stressed outside of the trailer, but you have to create a contrast or else you're just stressing them out. So mm-hmm. what that looks like is you know, like gentle lunging or sort of like putting them in a circle or backing them up or doing something with a lot of movement. You're asking a lot out of them. And then you have to give them the option. And this, again, is like this can be another place where sometimes people will get this a little bit backwards because they don't give them a way out. So then give them a way out and create that contrast. So you might be doing your little lunge circles and then don't do a ton of it, just sort of creating that, that contrast. And then give them the option to walk forward. And when they do that, shower them in praise. Give them lots of time as long as they're willing and sort of forward moving and they're making the right movement towards the trailer. And that will actually work 90% of the time. You're always going to have some horses who are outliers, a little bit different situations. But most of the time, just being patient and trying to create that contrast, the grand idea of that being making the right thing easy and nice and happy and everybody wants to be part of that and making the wrong thing hard, just more difficult, Not, not more physical, not more mean, just harder. So that they understand that contrast but again you're rewiring this part of their brain that they already have an opinion about so you just have to be patient and um, it's good to just keep that in mind about making the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard. Richard Winters taught me that, who's a phenomenal trainer, um, mostly in the Western mm-hmm. disciplines and training. And I just have never forgotten that it applies to so many different things. But certainly that has helped, like I said, maybe around 90% of the cases. And then you, you kind of have to engage other strategies at times. But um, that overarching idea it has been hugely beneficial, especially when, when thinking about that sort of scenario, because it is easy for it to get into a sticky situation quickly because you're talking about a confined space and sort of a a lot of potentially scary things so it's good for them to be able to kind of figure it out and make reorganize their thoughts about it and this is a great way to do it and then hopefully they have enough good experiences when you have them on the trailer and everything kind of goes swimmingly that that will become a quicker process each time and then they kind of by repetition will, will end up rethinking their, their thoughts about trailering in general.
1: Such great tips. So love, patience, giving time, definitely a lot better than rushing them through, making it into a negative situation and potentially yeah. having more trailer issues down the end. So fabulous tip, Leandra. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I would, if I can just add one tiny little thing to that, cause it's
0: like my number mm. one pet peeve in this. It. So it's like really quick people will enlist Objects that they try to use to stress the horses out. And I've seen this from a lot of transporters or, or people who are just, again, usually trying to just go quickly and understandably if you have a schedule and whatnot. But when people use things like brooms or pitchforks or objects to to physically try to push the horse in there, it usually does not go well. And what you're doing is creating a negative situation or a negative connotation with that object. A broom mm-hmm. is not something that a horse should fear. A pitchfork is not something that a horse should fear. If you need to use something other than, you know, your voice or clapping, you can, we will use one of those little whips that just makes a good cracking sound and just never to actually touch the horse with just to help with the sound. Because in a lot of cases, you might want the horse to move off the whip. If you're using it, if you're going to make that cracking sound, if you're lunging or butt not, then that, that's sort of like the same response that you would want from that object. But I really caution people not to create those negative situations, especially with everyday items. I mean, I don't really believe in using that kind of physical force anyway. But if you need to use some a little bit extra, um, whatever, then just use that little extra sound or or whatnot. To, and then again, all that all that you're really trying to do with that is to get them to rapidly think in a different. thought process, so it's like if they're getting distracted by something, the sound is only going to like make them think about something else or snap out of it, and that's kind of the same thing I think that people are trying to get at with with objects, sort of like pushing them in a different mental direction, but but yeah, I just don't believe in, in using the physical force in that sort of way, and especially not with everyday items that they truly should not have any fear of. That's my one little tidbit, it's my ultimate pet peeve, and I have actually had forbidden Transporters from coming back on our property when they use that kind of horse because it kind of undoes a lot of training that, you know, as we know, as mm-hmm. more people, it's with that one bad associate, the one bad instance, the one bad experience can really take a long time to undo. And that's absolutely the last thing that we want for our horses, especially as they're going out the door to meet their adopters. So that's my one little anecdote on top of all that. No, Either I yeah. love it.
1: Louder for the back for sure. We support yeah. that a hundred percent. Um, and good on you too for not having you know haulers come back who are breaking that rule. Love it. Yeah. That's why you should get horses from new vocations because they treat them Absolutely. with love and kindness. And from the back of the pack on the outside, commanding firm is taken second, but California Chrome
0: shines right in the And now it's time for the new Vocations winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week.
1: We have our Adoptable Horse of the Week who is tall, hunky, and amazing. Tell us a little bit about our horse this week.
0: So, this week we're talking about Troubled Affair, who is just under 17 hands. So, he's right in between the 16, 3, 17 hand range. So, he's a big guy, he's big bone. He has lovely angles. Like he still had, he's kept all his sort of sporty angles, even when he's, he's only four years old and he's a big horse. And what that means a lot of times is that, They're kind of gangly and awkward, and he really has sort of a a big boy body, and he has still a very sort of young guy mental disposition, which is is pretty entertaining, especially if you're used to working with young horses. He just is kind of a goof, but he's also really sweet. He's like a big dog. He just truly doesn't understand that he's big, and he just wants to be everybody's best friend. And he had come to us with just previously having had a soft tissue injury that's been checked and rehabbed and is all good to go now. And, you know, unfortunately, he cast himself in the round pen when he was rehabbing. So he has this little cosmetic blemish in the back, which um, is is just part of, you know, being a horse. They do things that you don't expect, but it doesn't affect his movement. It doesn't affect him moving forward. It's just a cosmetic blemish. Again, we check up on these things. We like to make sure everything is good to go for the adopter. But Trouble is, um, he's a goofy horse. He has a lot of personality and that's something that we hear adopters want all the time. Nobody wants a total deadhead of a horse. This Mm -hmm. is one who will not only be very lovable but also very very entertaining. He's just part of his disposition. He's He's a funny guy and he's a really sweet horse. So we're really excited to see what he's going to do in the future.
1: Absolutely. I'm watching his videos. He's just got lovely forward momentum. I could easily see him being in hunters on the flat, going in dressage or even Western pleasure. He's got such a nice build and he's just stunning. This beautiful, almost 17 hand chestnut with a big blaze on his face. Just really gorgeous gelding. And uh, he's only going for a thousand dollars. So it's like he's practically free. You get a beautiful horse, a $1,000.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, check out Troubled Affair at horseadoption.com as well as all the other horses there. Leandra, thank you so much for joining us again. Great training chip, beautiful horse, and we can't wait to have you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
2: You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. We're on Twitter at Horse Radio. And you can find me on my Facebook page, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor, or email me at Jamie at dot
1: you can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or find me on Instagram at the foodie equestrian. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Casual Company. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Don't forget to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spade, neuter, and geld. Bye, guys.